The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Fourteen twenty in the morning, 14 minutes and 20 seconds where the sports talk to get you through your daily commute. Hot takes, recaps, best bets, and a little humor to get your day going in the right direction. Sit back, grab your coffee, and let's get into it. Fourteen twenty in the morning for this February the 1st, 2023. Today's show is brought to you by Mahler Brothers at MahlerBrothers.com. Use promo code 1420BROS, that's B-R-O-S, at MahlerBrothers.com and get 10% off your golf apparel today. Look good on the golf course. Uh, been a lot of talk around the sports world, sports podcasts, uh, TV shows, whatever you want to do, whatever you listen to, whatever uh, gets you through your day uh, about the fix being in in professional sports. And and you kind of don't want to get into that uh, down that rabbit hole and be a conspiracy theorist and all that uh, all that jazz. But it just seems to me that maybe some people are uh, are on to something. Actually, a friend uh, at uh, Rise of the Occasion, they talked about it on their show on Monday night. So maybe give that a, a listen. And Jim from the Fan in the Van podcast I talk about all the time, he got in on it a little bit the other day too. But I want to get into it a little bit more this morning on 1420 in the morning about the fix being in. Um, there seems to be such a disdain nowadays, more so uh, for sports officials. And I'm not talking the amateur level like on the Hey Blue podcast that I do. I'm talking about uh, in professional sports and how they're under the microscope more and because of the HD TVs and the replays and everything else that, that are happening and, and how uh, it's, it's coming to Major League Baseball, how there's already the replay, but now it's coming to pitch tracker the whole bit. And there seems to be a, a whole bunch of um, of things going on in professional sports and uh, and with um, the storylines that can happen on a, on a championship game, like coming up with the Super Bowl, how you have the first two black quarterbacks, you have Andy Reid going back, you have the, the, the Kelsey brothers playing. So you have these built-in storylines that can only happen if certain things can happen. There were some questionable calls that occurred in that football, in that uh, in the Cincinnati game that happened, and you go, what the heck happened here? And it, you, you look at certain plays and certain receptions that, that go under review and certain ones that aren't, and the way the, the rules are, are worked up, and the way so if a if a if a play does get missed, the the referees like, well, I, I they didn't ask for the replay, so it's it's out of my hands. And you just wonder how much of this has to do with advertisers and the owners and the gamblers. And you think think about the gamblers, like you think about how much money they spend. It must be a ton. And I don't know any gamblers. And if you know us, we haven't been pushing our two gambling sponsors that that much at all lately, because uh, I'm kind of sick of it and I'm kind of tired of it. Because everywhere you you turn on the television, there's a a gambling commercial or there's a line being being drawn or there's a, a, a boost or whatever it is it's kind of getting annoying but and the funny thing about all these gambling sites that are on on TV on all the sports now and it's going to more and more states to our neighbors to the south that it, it's it's a constant 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 on so you're just wondering how much how much money's being spent on this and how this is, might be swaying people to to maybe uh, do something nefarious because of the money that that must be out there the money the money because the money that's being spent rich people don't spend money to uh, to not make money back so all the advertising that's being done and all these high high profile guys that are doing these commercials there must be some money coming back somewhere so you wonder what the uh, if the fix is in and are, if if games at all levels are rigged and it's not hard and it wouldn't be hard to do i mean shaving points in college basketball was happening back in the 80s and the 70s i'm sure and it, if it wasn't a hard thing to do yes the fbi got onto it it's a great 30 for 30 on that actually that 30 for 30 thing it kind of turned out uh, to be a pretty good little show hey eh? the first one they did with wayne gretzky and now now the like how, how it's been a, a just on but the point shaving and then you, you, the nba ref the ref tobacco he was getting paid off it was 
was his name? Tim Donahue, uh, how he was making a bunch of money on it, but it wouldn't be hard to do to, uh, to sway a pitch here or there because a three and two count and, and the bottom of the, whatever inning, if the over under is this, or cause you can bet per inning and it wouldn't be hard to do to, to call an outside pitch a strike or to, uh, to drop a ball or whatever it may be, it wouldn't be hard to, to, to make it look that way because errors are errors and sports gambling is so huge. And the amount of money that can be made on these things, you just wonder if uh, what my dad was saying years ago, how it always seemed that some series that shouldn't have went seven games end up going seven games a lot for, uh, cause the TV advertisers would make a bunch of money. We always just thought dad was kidding around, but maybe old Steve was, uh, he was onto something years ago. And Dave, we talked about the 1420 podcast, how his father was uh, like that as well. We are they're always talking that way. Like the the gambling sites, it scares me that it could be that way, and that there is money being being thrown thrown around that that much, and that it, it wouldn't be hard to uh, to sway a call, to sway a player, to sway a, 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 an official, which is which is shitty because you wouldn't you wouldn't think that. Uh, an official with some integrity would do that, but money talks and it's uh and until the gambling goes away, which it isn't, obviously it's getting bigger and bigger, getting into more States and more States on a daily, on a monthly basis that you, you would think that uh, th- there's gotta be something to it and uh, to put money down. Yeah. It's gambling. I get it, but uh, and gambling is like playing roulette. You never know what you're going to get, right? It's supposed to be a, a game of chance and, and, and hope, but it just uh, rich people don't like losing money. Uh, the, the, another thing that got me going about this, uh, this uh the fix being in is you look at this nil money that's going out there uh and it's it's the wild west in the ncaa right now nobody can police it nobody knows what the rules are nobody it's just players and the transfer portal and the whole bit it's it's really out of control i might get into a deeper dive on it today or tomorrow we can talk about tomorrow night with dave on the 1420 show but um it's this nil money that's getting thrown around by by these by these donors uh it's it's unbelievable the amount of money and the money that some of these kids are asking for i mean good on if they're going to get it if they can get life-changing money and get everything paid for and their house paid for and right on if they can get it good on them but the the, the way this is being policed it's, it's quite embarrassing and you got to think that if a, if a if a donor wants to give a, a wide receiver a million bucks what's he willing to give a, a referee or, or or a conference or whatever it may be so their team can win uh if they're if they're going out there just p- paying these players and just so they're, they're team can win on a Saturday uh and I shouldn't say this but I'm going to say it just so roll tide roll can happen uh you got to think that they aren't they aren't um too far against paying off an official here or there and getting the fix in and getting the call that that might uh, that might sway sway the uh, the SEC championship their way and I find it odd like how small of a dick you gotta have and to to, to have your team win a a championship and when you're sitting up in in your in your in your luxury suite, watching a bunch of kids play a game and you had no impact on the game. And there it is. If this guy didn't have any impact on on the game, why is he so vested? Like you can be a fan. I get it. And you want your team to win. But if you how if you're spending money and I'm not going to pick on Alabama, I'll say the Auburn Tigers or the USC Trojans or whoever, if you're willing to spend that much money on it, on your team winning, you're probably going to make sure your team wins or put every effort you can into your team winning. Just paying your player, it probably isn't enough. I think you're going to see a lot more of this crap happening now. This NIL stuff is is, is going on because these if these guys if these donors are willing to pay pay a bunch of money to a bunch of kids, what just so that they can say my team won in 2023 when I was 72 years old sitting in a, in a in a luxury suite? What are they willing to do so their team can actually win? Are they willing to go that extra mile and pay off an official, pay off a whoever, and, and make sure that things happen? Uh, it, it, it's uh, I don't think people are are above this reproach, and I don't think they're that uh, that people. 
people because people uh, in in general are good, but there's a few shitty ones. And if you're like I said, if you're willing to pay that much money to a kid, what are you willing to do to see your team actually win? It's scary to think that it could be happening. And I, I think like it's, it's it's odd that the uh, that these guys are so vested in their team. Like I'm a I'm a Yankee fan through and through. And if I was a multi billionaire, I wouldn't be giving money to an umpire. I would. I'd rather my team just win. I'd rather my team win and I'd enjoy it. And because big picture, like once again, we talk about it all the time. Being a fan's one thing, being a fanatic's another. And uh, when your team wins, they win, they win a championship. Great. If they don't, well, I gotta go to work tomorrow. I gotta do another podcast later on or whatever it may be. But these these uh these maniacal fans, these fanatical fans who who seem to get themselves so deep in entrenched, and it happens so much uh, in, in college sports, especially because these guys who are alumni and everything else, and how they're they're paying they're paying for these kids to come to their schools. It's insane. Our friends at Crap Root Sports, they were talking about these two guys going to once again it was Alabama and Saban said, No, get out of here. If you don't, if you haven't listened to Crap Root Sports yet, make sure you give that show a listen. Their show last night was was something some kind of funny. Uh I I laughed right from the beginning to the end. It was uh it was really good. You had uh Mike Scott and Caesar were on board last night. Mookie wasn't there, but it was a great show last night from our friends at Crap Root Sports. Quite enjoyed it, man. They had me in stitches last night. Uh they do a live show every Tuesday, but I'm not starting to ramble. Not doing a commercial for Craft Brood Sports on the Belly Up Network, but I, th- I guess I just did. But anyways, I, yeah, I do think that these people who are on to this, uh, talking about uh, the fix being in and gambling being such a big part of it, and uh, and the storylines that could happen and everything else and because advertisers run the world and they want people watching and they want people spending money and and the like and it's if you break it all down it comes down to the advertisers who pay the networks and the networks the networks pay pay the uh, pay the NFL right so it's it, it, it all comes down to money and it's it's really crappy to say and you hope that it's not that way but you, you start to have your doubts and you get the older you get the more conspiracies might come into your head and the more thoughts go go into it like I said my dad thought the fix was in years ago with the Calgary Flames, the Edmonton Oilers, back in the early '80s or mid '80s. So you never know what might he, old Steve might have been onto something back then. So yeah, it's just it's it's horrible to think as a sports fan that there's there's guys out there that are doing it, and that there's guys out there that are they're willing to uh, sacrifice the integrity of the game uh, if if you're an official to make sure that that you got your 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 pockets padded. I'd never do it. Like I would never ever do it. Like if a game means that much to you, man, get out there and play it. Like if it means that much, you got to sway your team to win. Did you really win? Like what do you really feel like if you got to pay? off an official and then just to say to say, say your team won the 2024 sec championship or sec or, or the iron bowl or whatever just because you you have a small dick and whatever it's just odd to me that people are like that anyways there's my rant for the day it's uh yeah, it's one of those things I do on a daily basis here at 14, 20 in the morning. I get a little bit of stuff, stuff off my chest before we get going. Anyways, on this day in 1992, Barry Bonds signed the highest single-season contract in Major League Baseball history to that point at $4.7 bucks with the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, on which was pretty much their entire payroll now when it comes down to it. Uh, that would be his last season with the Pirates. He got an MVP that year, and he moved on to uh, his uh, more of a tainted history with the uh, uh the San Francisco Giants, and he'd say, Bonds already he, he had two MVPs at this point. Probably didn't have to do the uh, the PEDs and do, do the cheating and the whole bit to to get himself into the uh, situation that he's in. And happy 48th birthday to Fernando Tatis Sr., who was born on this day in San Pedro de Marcuis. I think I got that right. Uh, not only is the father of Fernando Tatis Jr., he is also he also hit two Grand Slams in one inning. Uh, versus the L.A. Dodgers on April 23rd, 99, while playing third base 
for the St. Louis Cardinals. There's a little bit of fun fact for you the whole bit. Uh, Tom Brady allegedly retired today. Again, I won't get into that a whole bunch until he uh, actually signs his papers or is not in a training camp in August. I'll believe it when I see it. I don't I don't believe it again. But anyways, I can't, I can't think that he would uh, bypass his entire future for, with his wife for one more season of football. Anyways, crazy thing going on here. I've got a great guest coming up tomorrow on the 1420 uh for Flailing Tender, Trevor Hardy's joining us on the show. It should be a great show. Old friend of mine, he's a, the uh, the trainer for the Leopard Hurricane. It should be a great conversation with Trev. Anyways, it doesn't matter where you are. It's who you're with. Have a good night, folks. We'll talk to you tomorrow. As I do. But anyways, uh, the importance of getting the calls right and being consistent kind of uh, it hit home a little bit uh, or just didn't, I wouldn't say hit home, but it, it kind of got, got back into my psyche a little bit last week. And we were at the, uh, the PBA uh, where there were Todd Hubkin, the guys there at Prairie Baseball Academy. They're, they're gracious enough to allow uh, the umpires, some of us older guys, more, I don't want to say old, cause I don't want to, I don't want to say I'm old, but some of us more experienced guys get in there to call their live bullpens and get to the feel of some pitches. It's very, it's a very great uh, tool that we have here in Lethbridge, Alberta, and Southern Alberta Umpire uh, Association to get out there and, and do this and get out and see some pitches before we get out there and see that that 85-mile-an-hour uh, slider that we we did, didn't think about during the offseason. So it's, it's nice to get out there. But I, it was a bit of an eye-opener and a bit, bit of a wake-up call for me uh, early on in the bullpen, uh, Carter Clarehout place the PBA. He also played uh, Leopards Bulls last year. He got a scholarship to Southern Arkansas. I believe he's going next year or somewhere in Arkansas, Arkansas, Montecito. I get it. I, all those schools, I get them mixed up. There's so many. But anyways, Carter had an at-bat to live, live BP. It's a real, real deal. Counts taken the whole bit. And it's nice to get out there. We're, you know, we're fully dressed up. We got the whole thing going on. Uh, but there was a pitch, uh, apparently, that was a was a was outside. I guess they had the pitch tracker going, and I, I apparently got it wrong. Uh, in the next pitch, Carter came up and he swung at the same pitch um, that uh, I guess would have been a ball. Um, he didn't say anything, and that they're taught very well at the PBA hub because runs a pretty tight ship there and doesn't let them say anything. He'll he'll uh, hub and, and Ryan McDonald. They'll let they'll let us know, not the players, that if we're right or wrong. And I, I appreciate the way that they do that and they and they keep the things down. It's great. Not so much for me because I I could care less what anybody says. I'll, I'll turn back or how it's going to be, but it's very good the way they do it. But anyways, uh, they had the pitch tracker going, and one of the other players I was walking by to get a drink of water, 